Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of Safe Space Gaming. I'm Denver. And I'm Audrey. Um, and we're going to talk about E3 because that's what's been happening since last week, it feels like. And isn't technically over, um, but it's just like two days of Nintendo at this point and then people who aren't us get to play the demos. So I feel like there's not much left to talk about. Yeah. I feel like most um, of the stuff like happens before E3 actually starts. Yeah, well, especially this year. Like everyone kept calling Monday Day Zero, and I was like, "What the hell are you talking about? Everyone is doing today." Um, I guess before we get to that, did you play anything exciting this week? Um, I played Overwatch and Dark Souls Two a little bit. What do you think of Dark Souls Two so far? I like it a lot. I'm stuck on the, the like giant boss. Oh, the guy who you have to cut his arm off. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> oh, um, he's just been stomping on me. Oh yeah, I think that boss, if I remember correctly, he's got like a weak spot on his arm. And then, have you hit phase two yet? No, I've got like almost to phase two probably. Okay because uh, if i remember correctly there's a bo- there's a boss who is a giant in that game who like rips his arm off and starts hitting you with it oh okay i think he's like the last giant or something is his name okay then yeah that's definitely the one i'm thinking of i feel kind of bad killing the last giant yeah um those games do a really good job of making you feel bad about killing the people you're fighting mm-hmm. um dark souls 1 probably less so because Dark Souls 1 was this really interesting thing where it was like they told you the creation myth and then you got there and the world was ending and you had to kill all of the gods to like save it and then Dark Souls 2 is like you the way you learn about the world and the way that you like the people who you end up killing and the fact that they're like heroes from these old kingdoms is like really really sad yeah kind of like um like shadow of the colossus or something yeah definitely that same kind of mood of like i have to do this but i don't want to because i love these things that i'm murdering dark souls 3 did that to me too with the um the twins boss where i like read their item descriptions and got really emotional about the fact that i had to murder them yeah um I've been I played like twelve hours of Witcher three yesterday. Wow, and that's about all I've been playing this week. Which part are you um, at? N- I'm not far. I'm in um Novigrad. I just got done with the Bloody Barons whole thing because I've been going back and forth at different places a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm really impressed with the quest writing, but it's like annoying how much to do there is to do in this game sometimes because like the perfect example I have is this quest I did yesterday in Novigrad. Where I like went to this blacksmith because my sword was broken, and I found out that his blacksmith shop was closed and that he was running a dumpling shop, and he like asked me to help him do it, and it got like more and more complicated until I like murdered a bunch of major criminals in this city in order to help this elf open up a blacksmith shop because there's like a monopoly on steel in the city, and it was really wild, and I got a pretty sick sword out of it, but it was also like hours of my life when I just wanted to get a sword repaired so I could go do this other quest. Yeah. Um, I know exactly what quest you're talking about, and mm-hmm. I feel like I waited to do that one, like, towards 
the like later levels in the game because i feel like it was actually pretty hard it was really hard um i'm playing on casual so like most combat is pretty easy for me and especially with that specific quest there was a lot of stuff where like ai was helping me and there were usually one or two ai dudes who could not die Mm -hmm. and so i do a lot of like backstepping throwing fire at people hitting them when they're hitting someone else and not having to get hit that much um another thing i really liked about that game is the way the combat works and that like you have to behave like the kind of person who would win a sword fight against 12 people like you have to do a lot of dodging and a lot of guarding and a lot of like waiting for the opportune times and it's really really punishing but it's punishing in a way that like forces you to play a certain way it's not punishing in a way that, like it's hard mm-hmm. um i like but yeah i like go back and forth on the combat in the witcher 3 yeah like i feel like i enjoy it sometimes and then other times it's like still kind of behind to me i would agree i think it's it's a lot more stressful and there's a lot it's like just it's just stressful when there's a lot of enemies on screen Mm -hmm. like um i also because i finished up the bloody baron storyline and that ends in like a swamp that's like full of drowners yeah and so there were just like swarms and swarms of these dudes where it's like I have to kill them so that there's less of them to fight and they go down pretty easy but there's just so many of them like i'm gonna get hit and i'm gonna get hit for a lot um that's annoying what was your favorite thing that got revealed at e3 this year like that we didn't know about before yes and not counting Kojima's thing, because I feel like you and I are both going to scream about that for like half an hour. Yeah, I would say Kojima's thing, but um, <laughs> uh, not too much that I didn't already know about, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, Grow Up. Yeah, Grow Up looks cool. Because I really liked Grow Home a lot. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like more Grow Home. I didn't play grow home i've seen people play it but like um i guess for my sake and also for listeners sake like can you kind of describe what that game was about yeah so you're like a little robot and he's he's his name is bud and he's like a procedurally animated robot so when he's moving around he just looks really wonky oh my god and he like he he like climbs you have to like manually control his arms and he like sticks to things when he climbs and you gotta just like oh, climb up this like this plant that you're trying to grow um, up to your spaceship that you came from. That's cool. And then grow up. Um, based on what they said at the Ubisoft press conference, grow up is going to be like a whole planet of that. Yeah. And then they showed him like going to the moon, but I wonder if they're going to do if that'll be the end of it or if there'll be more to do. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you think that's going to be... Do you think it's going to translate well to, like, a huge open world like that? Because I know Grow Home is, like, a very focused experience where you're, like, doing... You're kind of going towards this one goal the whole time. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think there's going to be, like, a lot more, like, collectibles to find. Because mm-hmm. in Grow Home, you... um, Once you get to the top, there's, like, a couple different things that you, like, can collect afterwards if you want. And you, like upgrade yourself like you can have like rocket um jumping and unlimited rocket boosts and stuff that's really cool and i'm I'm excited about that one yeah and grow up is like a whole round planet it looks like 
Oh wow. And Grow Home is just like a little flat, like small continent. Right. It was like a little island, right? Yeah. With like floating stuff. So that'll be interesting to see how that works um, with the whole like sphere planet. Yeah, that was probably like the coolest thing Ubisoft showed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is um sad, but we'll get to that. I was really excited about um and I was surprised that I was excited about something that got showed off at the PC gamer thing. I'm really actually excited about Life is Strange's devs new game, Vampire. Yeah. With a Y. Um and they didn't talk a lot about it, or maybe I just was ignoring the stuff going on at the PC gaming one, but I went and read up on it and it's like one everyone kept comparing it to dark souls and it's another like choice heavy rpg game mm-hmm. except there's going to be combat in it this time so i don't know why that comparison is happening it's because based... like have you seen the gameplay of it no i haven't because the gameplay the gameplay looks a lot like bloodborne hmm. it's like locking onto an enemy and you have like the same like sidestep movements oh okay plus um the like victorian setting kind of just it just kind of looks like bloodborne i think that's why people are saying it yeah well it's because it's straight up it's set in victorian london and the major hook of it at least for me is that you're playing as this guy who's a doctor and a world war one vet and so you know how to fight and you know how to heal people and you're trying to research a um cure for vampirism but you're also a vampire yourself so you like have to eat to survive Mm -hmm. and you can like go out and like rough up through street thugs or like fight off people and then drink their blood but that's not as good of an idea as just straight up murdering innocent people because if you drink innocent people's bloods blood you get a lot more experience than you do from combat but then the con of that is one then you're a murderer um and also if you drink innocent people's blood that has an effect on like your community and the example they gave is like if you drain and kill the wife of like the shopkeeper then he'll get depressed and leave town and close his shop and then that'll have a rippling effect on the people around him wow that's really cool yeah i think that kind of like that kind of stuff where like the things you do have effect on stuff like gameplay wise has been happening a lot more with this gen of consoles um and i think that like that kind of stuff is really cool to me and also, I love vampires, so, like, I'm really... I really feel like that game is, like, right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, before we get into press conferences, do you remember who showed off Mafia 3 at the press conference? Because I feel like someone did. Um, I didn't even see it. Okay. I just watched gameplay for it, and I... I really want to, like, talk about it, because I think it's actually pretty exciting, because you play a black Vietnam war vet in New Orleans. Hmm. And it's a game about, like, taking revenge on white organized crime bosses. <laughs> and it looks really cool. It's like, it, and it's like, it's a mafia game. Like, it's a Grand Theft Auto-ish um, thing. But there's, like, all these cool missions about, like, like besieging someone's, like, tugboat. Or, like, going through. There was a mission called Rob the Orgy that was about, like, killing the pimps in this guy's um, sex work ring. Mm-hmm. That looked really interesting. And another thing is that like your powers in the game are that you like call in favors from your criminal friends and so like i saw this dude was like in a cover base shootout and reinforcements drove up from the other gang and so he called reinforcements from a gang he was friends with and there were like three groups all fighting each other it looked really cool that is cool i've never played the other mafia games 
Um, I played Mafia 2 because it was a free Xbox Live Gold game, and it was not very good. Oh, okay. It was just, like, a Grand Theft Auto clone, and I think, like, particularly because, like, the subject matter of that game, but also just, like, the way it's talking about criminality, I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily means it's going to be good, but I think it's, like, worth mentioning since it didn't show up anywhere. Yeah. Um, so the first press conference they did this year was EA, which EA tried to market as, like, a separate thing from E3 and call it, like, EA Play, but <laughs> no one no one played along with them. And they showed off... I have a list here. They showed off Titanfall 2, Mass Effect Andromeda, Fee... Um, there was, like, a montage of Star Wars projects that didn't tell us anything about anything. And they talked about Madden and FIFA, and there was a big Battlefield 1 thing. What did you think of the stuff going on at EA's press conference? Um, I didn't see the Star Wars thing. Sounds interesting. It was weird. It was a lot of, um... Because, you know, you saw, like, the Mass Effect Andromeda trailer, how it was, like, a bunch of people on tablets and then gameplay. Yeah. Was it like that? It was like, it was like that, but they didn't tell you what games you were looking at. Oh, and they they did like a little bit. They showed like the three major Star Wars games that are out right now, which is like that mobile game, and then the MMO Bioware is running, and then um, Battlefront, and then they showed like a lot of footage that was like not long enough for you to see what the game was about, but was definitely like a game that isn't out yet. And so it really felt like it was just EA going like, yeah, we're definitely working on Star Wars stuff. Bye. <laughs> um, I really liked the stuff I saw about Titanfall 2. I'm really glad it's for coming out for PS4. I really want to get it. Yeah, me too. I liked Titanfall 1 a lot. Yeah, it looked really cool. I never played it, though, because no Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm um, excited for it to be on PS4. Yeah, I'm really excited about PS4. I'm really excited about single player because I really like single player shooters, and I really like giant robots. And so everything about that looks like really fun. Um, what did you think of the Mass Effect stuff they showed? I was not impressed. Yeah, it was uh, like no different than last year, except for they showed an Asari and they showed um, the protagonist's face. Yeah, um, I think that's really. It was interesting because they definitely confirmed some stuff from that leak a few months back. Mm-hmm. Like, that scene with the Krogan dropping the human off a bridge was, like, in a leaked YouTube video way back when. But why is... Th- <laughs> They're just not, like, explaining anything about this game, and it's coming out pretty soon. Like, it's next year. Yeah. My, vo- my voice is, like, trembling. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, I don't know, everything about Andromeda makes me really nervous, because I liked the stuff that we've seen so far, but people keep quitting Bioware over this game. Yeah. It's bad. (laughs) Um, they did confirm that the protagonist's name is Ryder. That's cool. And that... That's a cool name. That they have a family, (laughs) which is interesting. Yeah, um... That's definitely interesting. I wonder if they mean it in the way that, like, Shepard could have a family. Because, like, if you're Earthborn, you're an orphan. But, like, there was that one... There's an origin you can choose in the first three Mass Effect games where, like, you call your mom every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And I wonder if that's what they mean. Well, I, w- or... I was definitely thinking, like, you have a, like, a partner and a child or something. That would be the pits. 
one the continued datification of video games yeah but like i don't i want to get freaky with some aliens i don't want to be worried about my earth kids Mm -hmm. also why would they send you i don't know and like everything every narrative question i have about that is then like just unconfirmed stuff because like what do we know about mass effect andromeda we know we're in the andromeda galaxy but then like why are all the aliens from the milky way here and like why would they be working against us if they're here because we must have all come on the same ship right and then like why would you send someone with a family out to another thing and i know the theory about that is like oh it's to escape the reapers they're like trying to restart civilization but then wouldn't you still bring your family with you and that's not confirmed Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm nervous about that game i hope it's good yeah me too do you think that they would do like if you did have like a a partner and a kid um that they would make it like the like quote opposite gender of like whatever you choose for the protagonist absolute pits yeah um i don't think bioware would do that actually because there's a lot of people in bioware who are um one like i don't know if david gator works there anymore but i know there's other writers there who are like married queer people Mm -hmm. and so like i don't think they would i don't think they would sit well with like forced heterosexuality like that um if that was the thing i guess we could all i could always just um you could always they could always end up writing the thing where uh like my personal headcanon for my fallout 4 character is that like he was living in like 1950s universe so of course he had to marry a woman but as soon as like the world ends he's fucking every dude he can Mm -hmm. and so um i wonder there's no way to do that in the mass effect universe though because we did we just had three games that were like like everyone's cool with you being gay in the mass effect universe but they could do like a thing i guess kind of like fallout where it's like basically just kill off your partner at the beginning that would... yeah and i guess like the reaper invasion would do that right yeah maybe mm. maybe that's what they're doing it's it just doesn't seem necessary though yeah it just seems I don't know, and I really, I really do want to like give Bioware the benefit of the doubt and like wait until the game's out to sort through it. But every little detail they give us is really like you're making me nervous. There. Yeah, this is these are like the only things they're telling us, and they're not like great things to hear. What do fans want to hear um, before the game comes out? Well, you better feel guilty about pork and aliens. You got a family at home. Um, what did you think of Fee? Um, I barely looked at it. I thought it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. It looks a lot like um it just looks like the sort of indie game that gets made now. It's like Journey other games that are not popping to my mind, but that sort of like exploration based but you're following a linear narrative. I like the like little song hook they gave it, but then they immediately like made that seem like it wasn't actually a big deal in gameplay. Mm-hmm. It it kind of looked like visually like um ori and the blind forest didn't it yeah it really it definitely has that same aesthetic and especially with like the mysterious forest setting it definitely looks a lot like ori in the blind forest mm-hmm. and i guess that's just like not, not to say it's derivative for all of that but that's definitely like an indie game vibe that's coming out right now that's like that sort of like cell shaded 
cartoony looking but like mysterious themes yeah like cute and then dark at the same time (laughs) yeah like the and it's the same it's like that goal was the same one that back when like everyone was making sort of the same indie game for xbox 360 where it was like low color palette big head sad story oh speaking of which they did uh limbo's spiritual successor yeah did you actually watch gameplay for that because the trailer they showed at the microsoft conference showed nothing yeah it looks just like limbo (laughs) exactly yeah um i did like i watched this part that was like you were marching in line so you had to like walk at the same pace as everyone walked and then there were parts where like the people in front of you would do jumping jacks so you had to jump and then there was a part where like the people would turn around and you had to turn around with them mm-hmm. and so like that's interesting and like the theme of conformity that that suggests could make a good game it's weird that the creators of limbo waited six years to make limbo again yeah that's that's true and not um, and not just call it like limbo 2 or something yeah i feel yeah especially since even aesthetically like it's the same thing but better lit um and like less it's less 2d i guess but it's still like very much like ticks those boxes of like being like a very dark game sort of a similar color palette um and i don't i don't get it but i'm interested and i'm probably not gonna end up buying it because it's for xbox and windows 10 but um and i just i don't have those systems not that i hate those systems but i don't get it i just don't one one thing that was cool about it though was like there was like a lot of interaction between like the background and the foreground yeah that's definitely that mechanic's gonna be cool and like the whole the whole like having to notice things part of puzzle platformers looks like they're really like doing interesting stuff with that i wish the game was better lit because of that though yeah um also at the ea conference they spent a lot of time on ea sports and i know i as well as other people on twitter spent a lot of time like ragging on them for that and i saw some people being like you shouldn't be mean to sports because people are allowed to like sports and it's whatever man it's e3 but also um like like it's e3 everyone's gonna be mean um ea is launching like this esports thing that they didn't explain very well and that makes me wish like i wish there was less like corporate sponsored esports and i wish that we had an esports league at this point because i'm really tired of seeing like there's ea esports and there's yahoo esports and there's like every tech company has like uh esports thing that they televise and that's got to be really stressful for teams too to like have to constantly like fit to those different rules yeah so is it um, is it an esports team for like actual sports games yeah ea is doing is going to start funding tournaments for their own games including ea sports games they like brought up professional madden players and uh quote of the night was the dude who was like sometimes it's hard being a gamer and then he came up on stage and he'd broken his arm and his arm was in a sling and they didn't talk about it but it was it was really we were like we were screaming in skype about like how he must have injured it i think that somebody tackled him while he was playing madden that's my theory And then they announced uh, FIFA's going to have a story mode that looks a lot like 
NBA 2K story mode where it's like kind of like a sports movie type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's gonna have di- branching dialogue trees and different <laughs> endings. So it's so if Mass Effect Andromeda is bad, I'm gonna play that. Yeah, <laughs> that's my current plan. Are there romances? Um, I really hope so. I hope there's like you could like start dating like another professional athlete, or you could date like a starlet, or maybe you end up dating your coach. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, did you did you watch any of the Battlefield One stuff that came up? No, I've never played any Battlefield Battlefield games before. Me either. Well, I've played bits of them, and I don't think they're very good. But they did like an hour long um, Battlefield One gameplay that was thirty two versus thirty two, and they had celebrities there, and Jamie Fox and Zac Efron and Snoop Dogg were the celebrities, and they were just there to get baked, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, and they didn't show a lot of them because of that, but there was at one point a camera on Snoop Dogg playing Battlefield with a joint in his mouth. Oh my god. And that's everything I've ever wanted out of life. And that was sort of EA's conference, basically. They didn't announce a lot. Um, They spent a lot of time on everything they did, which was nice. But um, I don't know. There's not a lot to be excited about from them besides the fact that I love Mass Effect and really want it to be good. Yeah. And then next up was Bethesda who also, and I was surprised by, like, how little I cared about most of the stuff they talked about. Yeah, I didn't care about anything except for Dishonored 2. Yeah, and they spent a lot of time on Dishonored 2, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that they did. They did, like, a 45-minute demo where they, like, walked through their art direction, and they talked through the new gameplay stuff, and they showed a lot, but they didn't show spoilers. Yeah, I think it was really shown off really well. And I was really happy with that. And that was sort of the last thing they did and a good way to end it. They also announced um, they're starting Bethesda VR. And the, the first sort of goal for that is to get Fallout 4 on VR by next year. And they specifically said they're going for the HTC Vive. Which is notable because Bethesda and Oculus have like beef that I don't totally understand. I just know that like they're not very happy with each other. Mm-hmm. And But also is interesting because later on microsoft um brought out ted howard when they were talking about project scorpio and um todd howard was talking about how the new xbox was going to be good for fallout 4 vr and that's interesting because microsoft and oculus are like partners and so most people assume that when vr inevitably comes to xbox it's going to be like oculus compatible like you just plug your oculus into your xbone but Bethesda's probably not going to develop anything for Oculus, so there's, like, this weird corporate drama going on behind the scenes that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe the Xbox will be compatible with with both VR? Yeah, it would be cool if... The less, like, specific headset stuff we have, the better, because, like, I'm pretty peeved that, like, PSVR is only the one headset. Like, you can't plug in another headset, and, like... The closer we get to a world where, like, you can buy any headset and it'll work with any game, the better, I think. Yeah, I don't get the exclusivity of the VR headsets, because to me it's just, like, an accessory that you use with your console or, or computer. Yeah, and it's really it's really expensive to be treating it as, like, okay, we're going to do a different one for each platform. Because mm-hmm. I'm never going to buy two VR headsets if I even buy one in the next couple years. Yeah, if I can ever afford a VR headset, 
I'm not gonna I don't know I don't I don't get it and I'll probably get PSVR if I get any of them just because it's they've made a lot of like good promises on that I think mm-hmm. plus it's like half the price yeah um Bethesda their new game they announced was Quake Champions looked boring uh they showed a cinematic trailer for a multiplayer only game which was interesting yeah the character designs looked cool i don't really care yeah i don't i don't care (laughs) um they showed off more of elder scrolls legends which um i i feel bad for roasting it for just being hearthstone because actually it's two hearthstone games at the same time like the whole thing they have is that they have two lanes and so you put your minions in like the two lanes and they can only fight in their own lane or attack the person directly but it's really hard it's hearthstone mm-hmm. I, don't, um, I don't think that's gonna work out very well yeah um they said they're opening up the beta to more people and i haven't seen any streamers playing it and i don't think i'm gonna see any streamers playing it afterwards because i might as well spend money on hearthstone if i want to play an online card game yeah <laughs> Which um, we'll kind of circle back to because of CD Projekt Red also announced a card game at E3. Is it just Gwent? It's Gwent. Is there more to it? or? Um, so CD Projekt Red at Microsoft's conference announced that they are making a um, standalone Gwent game. It's going to have more... It's going to have more stuff than Witcher 3's version of Gwent, obviously. like They're going to add more cards. I don't think they're going to add more factions or anything. Um, and then it's going to have a single player campaign. Huh. And they're starting up a beta for that. I feel like I'm the only one who, like, doesn't enjoy playing Gwent that much. Um, I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a quest in Witcher 3 right now where I have to play Gwent with people to, like, get information out of them. Yeah. And, um, it really... It's funny because, like, the in-game version of Gwent that, like, you don't have to spend real-world money on, the default cards are trash and you need to go looking for good cards. hmm And so, like, how that's going to translate to a presumably free-to-play experience is really troubling to me. And I like the idea of the game, and um, I know a lot, a lot of people like it, so it's actually pretty good that they're making a standalone version that will, like, presumably have some longevity to it yeah i guess people have been wanting it like since the witcher came out yeah and the ability to like play it against your friends is cool and not something you can do in witcher 3 and i have to keep reminding myself of that that like of course people want this because you can't play it multiplayer in witcher 3 oh yeah that's that's a good point um but yeah i think i think people trying to capitalize on the whole online tcg thing now i think gwent is probably like the one that makes the most sense to me because there's already a niche for it it's not the same game and um like cd project red doesn't have to worry about like making it as big as hearthstone right like they just they know that there's a certain amount of players who want this and they just have to cater to those players yeah plus it's like they already did most of this work already yeah like th- they've made the rules and everything there's no need to the play testing is mostly going to be bug testing i would imagine um they announced fallout 4 dlc at bethesda's conference um two of them are gonna be more of those workshop mods one is contraptions which um i think looks cool but doesn't add much but the other one's vault tech which is a 
which literally allows you to build your own vault and then it's also going to contain options to experiment on the people living in it oh and so that's going to be big and that's out next month yeah that sounds and pretty then, cool and they also announced nuka world which they only showed a cinematic of they didn't show any gameplay like they did the other two and but it's going to be in a nuka cola themed theme park if, and that looks interesting as well. If you have a season pass, do you get all these DLC? Yes. That's why they upped the price, because they went from 3 DLC to 6 DLC. And is it $30, or how much is it? 50 $50? Wow. Yeah. It was 30 to begin with, and then they add, they started planning to do more DLC, so they upped it to 50 I didn't even pay $50 for the base game. Yeah, I am... Um... I ended up buying the season pass when it was 30 and I'm really glad I did because I've liked all the DLC that's come out so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if I would actually recommend buying contraptions if anyone gets it, but Vault Tech looks cool. Um, obviously, wait until it comes out and read reviews. And Nuka World has promise. Yeah, the Vault Tech one sounds cool and the I kind of wanted the robot one that came out a while yeah, ago. The, yeah, the ones that are already out, the robot one is definitely my favorite. Wasteland Workshop is like... If you like building settlements and mods are going to be out soon, so you'll have infinite resources, like it's worth it to have those assets, I guess. It's kind of expensive. And then I haven't played Far Harbor yet, but it sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they also announced Fallout Shelters coming to PC, and they're doing a bunch of updates to Fallout Shelter. Which um, is cool that that game still has a play base. Is it going to be on Steam? I think so, because most of Bethesda stuff is on Steam. Mm hmm. They also announced, um, in what was probably, like, the biggest disappointment in E3 for me, they announced Skyrim Remastered, and they really hyped it up, like, the new exciting thing in the Elder Scrolls universe, and they started playing the Dragonborn music, and I was like, please be Elder Scrolls 6, and it wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and Skyrim Remastered, if you haven't played Skyrim already, is gonna be really cool, and if you have played Skyrim already but want to get back into it, it's going to be cool. They're adding mods on PC. And it's like it looks really, really good. And it's just going to be DLC for the PC version, which is nice. You don't have to rebuy the game. And then for PS4 and Xbox One, it'll be the full game plus DLC plus like new graphics. So that's cool. Um, they also showed a cinematic trailer for Prey. Did you see that one? Um, trying to remember. It's the one with the freaky future guy who has like a bloody eye. Oh, it's like Groundhog Day. Yeah, and it's really really hot. And that one's um apparently had like really troubled development, and I heard people complaining that it doesn't look like the first game at all. But to me, it looks like this like cool space Bioshock thing. Mhm. And like the Groundhog Day stuff you mentioned looks really cool, so I'm. I'm, like, tentatively excited about that, but it was only a cinematic. But then, yeah, most of Bethesda's was, like, DLC and stuff. They talked about um, Elder Scrolls Online and updates they were doing for it. And they talked about Fallout 4 DLC, obviously, and, like, the Skyrim re-release and then Doom DLC. And so, like, the announcements they had, except for Quake, were, like, cool, but there were only, like, two of them. (laughs) Yeah, and Quake looked very boring yeah and then so then monday like bright and early in the morning was microsoft conference um which had a lot of hardware stuff 
and had this weird thing where like they they started the Microsoft conference with the Xbox One S and it was like literally an Apple commercial and then at the end of the conference after they just typed up this new console that's coming out sometime this year they announced Project Scorpio and that Project Scorpio is gonna like blow your mind and has the best pixels in gaming and is gonna like destroy all other consoles and like end console iteration as we know it yeah and it's coming out next december here's what microsoft did they said here's a new console it's affordable it has some great new features and it's smaller and then they mm-hmm. said here's some games also you don't need to buy a console because you can just play these on pc and then they said wait don't ever buy any of our consoles because we have another <laughs> console coming out in the future yeah i yeah um there was like a solid 86 minutes where it was a really good idea to own an xbox s yeah because i don't know for 300 dollars that seems like a really good deal for the xbox one s yeah but then there's the scorpio coming out yeah so like why like save your 400 dollars and plus whatever else the scorpio is going to cost they and you mentioned they they announced xbox play anywhere which i'm actually like pretty into yeah me too because i think that's a good way because like markedly the playstation 4 has outsold the xbox one by like a lot and sort of a lot of the conversations that have been happening with the bosses at microsoft have been like we know that sony's beating us but what we really want to worry about is like being the best version of xbox we can be and sort of like being the best of our customers we are which is a nice change of pace from like when the xbox one was announced yeah um and so xbox play anywhere is pretty much a promise that for the foreseeable future there are not any xbox one exclusives there are xbox one and windows 10 exclusives which misses the point of what exclusive means but also means that like if you don't own they were hyping it up as like if you have an xbox and a windows 10 pc you can play it on either and your achievements and your progress carry over and you only have to buy the game once um but what it also means is that if you own a playstation 4 and a windows 10 pc you don't have to worry about exclusives ever again mm-hmm. you have the best of both worlds like please still buy our games and so um the main games they showed off for that were gears of war 4 which continued datification of gaming features marcus phoenix but he's a dad <laughs> um and then minecraft which is actually i think that's a really good decision to make for minecraft and they like the way they showed it off is they had like a dude on a pc in vr and they had a dude on an xbox and they the two people presenting up on stage were on ipads and so like really pushing that idea that like since minecraft is a thing for kids what they were really trying to show is that like no matter what system you're on we're gonna let you play together and we want you to play together and we're gonna add all these other features so like you can have like a consistent experience and like tailor it to yourself i think that's i that kind of stuff coming from microsoft is really really positive and i hope that like that kind of stuff of like encouraging people to play together on other systems makes it out of that space wait so they're doing cross-platform play with with all minecraft platforms now yeah, all Minecraft platforms with the with the new update they're working on, all Minecraft platforms will be able to play across each other, and then features that are on like the console versions, like um, like skin packs and texture packs that are like 
built into the game are coming to PC and to other platforms that don't have them right now, just so like the experience will be consistent. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm. I think that was probably like that was really exciting for me, even as someone who doesn't play Minecraft, because I think that's just like such a good play decision. Mm-hmm. I would consider like rebuying minecraft on like the playstation 4 if i could play with like my friend who plays on pc or something yeah that'd be really cool also they announced that they're gonna make it easier to make servers like microsoft is launching dedicated servers for people to play with their friends on which means no more having to like pay for servers to play minecraft with your friends yeah or like setting it up in like a complicated way yeah um, they also showed off a lot of indie stuff at Microsoft. Um, oh, they also showed off ReCore. And ReCore looks like Donkey Kong 64 to me. I didn't see it. Um, so ReCore is a game where you play as a lady with a bunch of robot pals. And all of her robot pals have really um, have really like mundane names. Like the big strong one's name is Duncan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their names are like Reggie and stuff. Yeah, I think Reggie's I heard about the robot this. dog. Um, but it really, it, people have been comparing it to N sixty four games, and like Donkey Kong sixty four is the one that leaps up to me because it's literally like you switch over to the robot that's like best for this puzzle. Based on what they showed, they didn't show a lot, and so um, that game looks really cool. And uh, it's not going to be an Xbox One exclusive. It's also going to be on Windows ten, so that's cool. <laughs> Did you ever play Space Station Silicon Valley on the sixty four? I did not. That game was great. What was it about? It's like little you're you're in a space station and you're controlling little robots that are little robot animals and like each one has like a different like function. It's just a weird game and I feel like nobody ever played that game or talks about it. Well, I I would bet that the people developing Recore have played it. Yeah. Cuz it sounds really similar. Except, like, in this one, you're in, like, a desert wasteland instead of uh, a space station, but desert wasteland's, like, a trend gaming right now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they showed off, so then they showed a Final Fantasy XV demo, which I don't think we need to talk about that much for Microsoft. And then they showed ID at Xbox, which is their new, like, indie outreach thing. And they showed like a few indie games that are working on that. The two ones that I didn't know about until now were Bloodstained and Ukulele. So both of those are going to be coming to Xbox. And they showed off We Happy Few. And We Happy Few looks a lot different from like the Kickstarter alpha I remember. Because We Happy Few is a, um, it's a dystopian survival horror game that when it was announced, was announced as like a roguelike, like, um, one of those survival crafting games that are really popular right now. But it's about this dystopia where, like, everyone is taking antidepressants to, like, h- hide the fact that they're living in, like, a post-apocalyptic hellscape. And you play as someone who is off their, is off their meds and so, like, is seeing the world for what it really is. And normally I would be really, like, grossed out by that because I think that's kind of, like, this ableist anti-pills thing. Yeah, but it looks really cool and it's really spooky in like the ways that I'm into because it's like this weird dystopian thing. It's like got this interesting World War One Britain aesthetic. There's a lot of like propaganda going on, and like especially the new demo they showed was like very Bioshock. Yeah, I remember 
one of the earlier trailers and i thought it looked really neat yeah it looked really neat then and the new one like based on the stuff they showed and like obviously they didn't talk about it they just showed a trailer but the thing they showed was all gameplay and it was not like an open world you were like in an office you were talking to people um you went and like there were scripted events and so it really looks like they're taking a new direction on it and i liked the old direction but i think i like this new direction more they also there was a bunch of announcements at microsoft that like weren't so they showed off a demo of Scalebound, which we already knew was coming out um and they didn't they announced dead rising 4 they announced state of decay 2 they announced halo wars 2 and they showed gameplay of sea of thieves and all of those are like cool but i didn't care much yeah and um that's kind of how i felt like at the end of microsoft's thing was there was like a lot of stuff that i wasn't very excited about yeah definitely and then did you watch did you watch much of the pc gamer show i watched little bits of it yeah i watched the whole thing what did you think was exciting out of it okay the only thing that i liked from the pc gaming show was a couple things um mountain blade 2 oh yeah that looks cool have you ever played mountain blade before i have not i've played warband which i think is like a remake of the first one okay and it's really fun i played a lot online and also the single player is really good too what did you think of um so the main thing they showed off in that demo if i remember was like siege mode how does that compare with like the original game um yeah the siege before would be like just climbing up a ladder and then getting killed <laughs> as you <laughs> climbed up the one ladder um <laughs> It looks a lot better now. There's a lot more things. That's really cool. Um, what did you think of... So PC Gamer's show is like sponsored by AMD. And so they brought out... I think it was the CEO of AMD to talk about like their new hardware stuff. Yeah. And um, that was obviously like really canned, but that's like a sponsor, so what are they going to do? What did you think of that fucking backpack computer? I didn't... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. They showed off um they showed they showed off their like new graphics cards. And then they brought out a lady and she was wearing a backpack with an alienware logo that is a computer designed for VR that is light enough to be worn on your back and like has straps to be worn on your back and is designed to be worn so you can just like walk around <sighs> and play a VR game. Couldn't you just do that with a laptop, put it in your backpack? Yeah, um presumably but um because vr is intensive like they were like really marketing like this can like be jostled around really well and this like has all of the specs that you need to run vr in hd and i can just like it's really like this dystopian thing where like i can imagine myself in an oculus rift playing doom watching wandering the streets of seattle <laughs> like <laughs> like what? walking I, out in front of cars <laughs> like i don't understand who this is for but it is like the most bizarre cool thing to me yeah backpack computer did you um, i don't know i wasn't interested in much did you catch what they said about tacoma at the pc gaming show because i did not but i heard something got said um no i didn't see anything okay um what did you think of ubisoft's press conference oh wait i want to talk about lawbreakers 
Oh, yeah, hit me with it. From PC Gaming. Did you see it? I saw Cliffy B talking about it, but I tuned out and didn't see the gameplay. He came out and he's like, people tell us Lawbreakers rip off Overwatch. Well, I'll tell you what, they can exist at the same time. And then he's like, my wife plays Overwatch. I love watching. Um, <laughs> my wife plays Overwatch. I love it. Yeah. Um, he said that, what do you, oh, he said that Overwatch is like Street Fighter. And Lawbreakers is like Mortal Kombat, which is interesting. Um, yeah. Wow. But then he showed it off, and I think it looks really fun. Yeah, Um. they pushed a lot more of, like, how movement-oriented it is, I heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into that. Yeah, the movement was amazing, just, like, flying around in zero-G and everything yeah i really think that um like that's been a trend in first person shooters for a while like since destiny came out at least to like make movement more fun in first person shooter games and i'm really into it yeah and i think i think like the way lawbreakers is doing that with like straight up manipulating gravity and stuff is really cool Mm -hmm. so yeah i do think that this like can exist alongside overwatch it's not like a direct competitor i think so too and i don't think I don't think that, like, trying to pit every multiplayer first-person shooter against each other works out that much, because, like, people used to do that with Call of Duty a lot, but I think, like, we've kind of realized, like, people are going to play Call of Duty, and people will also play your game, and that's okay. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing with Overwatch. And then people will only play Call of Duty? Yeah, like, you're not going to, like, the person who is only going to play Call of Duty, you don't need to market to, because they're not going to buy your game anyway. Until Call of Duty stopped getting made in, like, 2043. So what did you think of Ubisoft? Um, they came out and started talking about Blood Dragon, which I was excited for. Until, oh, yeah. until it was a spinoff of their Trials games. The, the yeah. motorcycle games. That was I a weird choice. did not know what Trials was. I had heard of it. I, I looked it up, and I've played them before, which was really surprising to me, but, like, I looked it up, and they look like they've really gone, as they've gone on for this, like, lol so random aesthetic, mm-hmm. which I, which wasn't what Blood Dragon was about for me. Yeah. And so I think it's a weird choice. And they had, like, these, like, cutscenes for, like, Blood Dragon, and I thought it looked cool like even better than the cutscenes from the actual game yeah they were it was just like a really quick cinematic but i thought they were looking really cool and then it was a racing game (laughs) yeah um i really i really liked eagle flight yeah that game looked neat and i really liked star trek vr and i think like um both of those are really I really like what Ubisoft is deciding to do with VR because, like, VR is the thing this year. Everyone had to talk about it. Um, I think those are interesting because they really are, like, what games can we make in this technology that we couldn't before? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's both of those are really, really interesting answers to that question. I really, really hated um, 
everything that happened in the press conference before Eagle Flight, though. Yeah. Because, well, okay, I didn't hate everything. They opened up with an announcement that just that Just Dance 2017 was happening. Um, and they did a dance. And they did a dance to Freddie to uh, Queens. Don't stop me now. There were like weird animal costumes, and it was really bizarre. But I was really into it. Yeah, I was excited to see what was happening. And then um, Aisha Tyler, who was amazing, and nothing bad that happened during Ubisoft's press conference is her fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, made a statement about the Orlando shooting, that um was like like was pretty good. Like everyone made a statement about it um during e3 but then after that we got a game that i've taken to calling tom clancy's trump fantasy oh yes yeah. is a game about shooting brown people mm-hmm. and um i i really i really hated like everything about the presentation of that game like this guy came out and started talking through this like political fantasy about like what if mexican drug cartels took over this south american country where they use the coca leaf a lot um which was like i'm familiar with tom clancy's writing and i understand that's the vibe of it but that's a very like weird conservative american fantasy like what if these nations that aren't us can't get their shit together with crime and so we invade to clean it up for them and then follow what followed was like the most boring gameplay demo that was just like these dudes being like really lighthearted about killing people and so it was really jarring to go from happy dance number to somber statement about a shooting to glorification of murdering people yeah which i understand is like that's video games but like how racist the conceit of that game is piled on top of how boring it looks piled on top of that emotional whiplash was really bad and they followed that with fucking south park yeah and then matt and trey came out and they're the only people at the whole conference who weren't wearing like a rainbow uh pin (laughs) yeah and um and then they made like a, a weird gay joke yeah they made a mention about they were like trying to allude to the fact that they're going to do a Kanye West joke and a joke about Kanye West's video game in the new South Park game, but they did that with a gay fish joke. And, like, I sort of get it because South Park... Like, I don't watch South Park, and so this game probably isn't meant for me. Um, But also, I really, really liked Obsidian's first South Park game, and I know they're not working on the second one, but I'm actually, like still tentatively excited about it because like it was a really good turn-based rpg um some of the jokes were bad because it was south park but it was like there was still like stuff going on that was really interesting and fun to play and this one also looks interesting and fun to play because they're like changing up the way that the battlefields work they're making it superheroes now instead of fantasy and uh trey parker and matt stone did their hardest to make sure that i did not buy that game yeah and yeah and and then um they also did division dlc which like who cares the division sucks mm-hmm. and then they did the vr stuff they announced what like, did you think they had like three expansions at once for the division yeah um there's a lot going on with that game i hope people are still playing it and i hope the people still playing it are having fun mm-hmm. but um it doesn't ugh. what did you think of uh for honor um it looked really neat, really nice graphics. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of um, 
that one Xbox launch game, Rise Center of Rome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one that's like a connect game where you play as a Roman soldier. Yeah. The the combat in it was interesting. I've never seen combat like that before. Yeah, the way that I liked that system of like having to choose where your weapon was going before you hit. Mm-hmm. And um the way that that like could cause you to interrupt people or get interrupted. The person playing the game was not very good at it. But I'm that's a- fine. I'm assuming that game's mostly a multiplayer game. That's how they marketed it last year at E3. Because it did not, it didn't look very fun to just go and kill these like low level enemies. Mm-hmm. But like the boss fight at the end was cool, and then I was just picturing like this would be fun to like fight other people. Yeah, it looked. It reminded me a lot of Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, with like the whole vibe of like, okay, I'm gonna fight all of these little people and then make it the way to their general, and our armies are gonna like fight. Um and do all that stuff and uh i went really back and forth because it looks really pretty and i'm into like that idea but um there really isn't much going on there and like like you said it doesn't really look fun to like fight through the little guys even though the boss fight looks fun and so I really went back and forth on whether or not I'm into that game, and I'm going to be interested to see reviews when it comes out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed off Watch Dogs 2, which we already kind of knew about. What did you think of Steep? Uh, I thought it looked okay, I guess. Um, yeah, it looks... That was a weird thing to end the show on. Even though, I guess they ended the show on announcing they were going to make a Watch Dogs movie. Oh, God. Which, oh man, so much movie talk at the Ubisoft thing. Why don't you let Assassin's Creed come out before you put anything into this movie? Yeah. Um, I thought Steep, Steep looks like it'll be fun, but it's weird to me. It's weird to me that there's a AAA game coming out that's like open world massively multiplayer that isn't about killing people yeah that's that's true Um, it's just about like having fun on the mountains and i was really dismissive of of it for that reason but now i'm kind of interested in it and if i could get friends to play it with me i think that i would be into it yeah and also just to like have i don't know we need more games that are like about having fun with your friends that aren't about like shooting people Mm-hmm. but um for some something about steep i was like immediately dismissive of it and i'm trying to work back up to it and so the night after ubisoft was sony and there was so much to talk about from sony okay but we sh- i want to talk about death stranding really bad well let's get to that <laughs> okay they started with god of war dad of war dad of war which um, when it first came on i was like is this the last of us right well and they were like they like played that orchestral music for like a long time without showing anything off oh yeah that was the, that was so cool how they did the music so, yeah sony's conference had live music throughout it and they played it for like every gameplay demo that was really cool mm-hmm. um god of war 4 they're just calling god of war uh the leaks hate- about it being i hate that yeah. trend i hate that so like everyone everyone who runs like any kind of like video game wiki that's like their nightmare and i hate it so much 
Um, it's Kratos is a dad now. He has a son. The mom <laughs> is dead. He has a beard. He uses a magic ice axe instead of his weird like chain whip knife things. Yeah. Uh. So, it looked so. This better. is a this is a different Kratos, right? We like, don't know. It's it seems like this is like a Norse mythology inspired game. Yeah, definitely. But there was still. I definitely think this game is based off Norse mythology, based off the runes, based off that leak that happened before E three. And based off, like, the weird tree fire people they were fighting. Mm-hmm. And, like, the magic deer and, like, just the ice setting. Like, this definitely looked like it was, like, supposed to be Norse mythology. Um, I think this is still God of War from Norse mythology. From Greek mythology Kratos. Okay, so you don't think they're going to call him, like, the God of War of Norse mythology? I think they might, but I think it... I Like, I still think it's um the same character like i think they might like call him a new name but like they didn't call him Ares in the original god of war series because he killed Ares. and um like plot wise i would imagine that it's going to be something like you killed all the greek gods and now these new gods have risen up and now they're going to do something um the main rumor i've seen based on some stuff around like an experience system that was happening in the demo is that Kratos is probably going to die and then you'll play as the sun. Yeah. And um I I I guess I'd be down for that. I really do think that um like this looks better than in my opinion the first three God of War games are. Yeah, to me it it looks cool, it looks fun. They're trying something new and I'd be a lot more interested in playing this one. Yeah, I think it's weird to take the baggage from that series and try and use it this way though mm-hmm. it's like the only reason i'd be trepidatious about it and they showed days gone they showed a cinematic trailer for days gone after this and then at the end of the conference um which seemed like weird mood whiplash they showed like a five minute gameplay demo of days gone yeah um the re the reason i've seen like guessed at for that and what i would agree with is that was probably where the announcement of the playstation 4 neo was before they took it out Mm-hmm. was that gameplay demo but um days gone is another dad game yeah so i thought that was also the last of us when they started showing it yeah this people were calling it the second to last of us yeah um and it's possible that that could have been like a last of us inspired spinoff yeah it's not it's not by naughty dog i wonder if it is because like naughty dog is taking too long on last of us 2 well, and Sony wants to try and make another one. The developers of it have a relationship with Naughty Dog because they actually did oh. the Uncharted game for the Vita. Okay. So that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah I kind of feel like I would be a lot more interested in it if it was called, like, The Last of Us, subtitle, Days Gone. And it wasn't a yeah. sequel. It was just set in The Last of Us's world. Yeah, because it's definitely... Um, that sort of vibe of like you're playing someone who's lost someone to the zombies um, the zombies are much you're not like trying to deal with the zombies they're just like a threat that's there mm-hmm. and you're trying to survive um, there was that part where he took like a car part and put it on his gun and that was his silencer that was ridiculous <laughs> that was ridiculous but like that's that kind of like makes sense for Last of Us like you're using stuff you find to like change your stuff mm-hmm. um, it was interesting how obvious it was that they had infinite ammo and invulnerability on in the demo they showed. 
and also like the hook of this game seems to be like there's a lot of zombies yeah and they're running and they go down in one hit yeah but there's like there's like a bajillion zombies running at you and they all go down in one hit and like the physics of that were really interesting yeah it looks like it looked like impressive yeah like the fact it was rendering on a ps4 is really impressive like technically to me too And then after that, they announced the release date for The Last Guardian. Yep. And, um... I... (laughs) Apparently, (laughs) the devs have, like, said in interviews, like, today and yesterday, they're like, we don't think it's that weird it's been in development for nine years. We just wanted to make sure it was perfect. Um... And, like... That game... Like, it's interesting how, like... I've had a relationship with that game where, like it was announced when I was in middle school and now I'm like an adult and I'm going to get to play it in October. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. That game's going to make me cry a lot. And there's not much to say from the cinematic besides that. Oh, and they show that there's a second of the cat dog bird thing. Oh yeah. I saw that too. There's like an evil one. So he's not the last guardian unless, (laughs) unless the thing is not the guardian and you're the guardian. Oh, wow. That's my idea. Do you think that's going to be... Do you th- Okay, first question. Do you think that Ico and Shadow of the Colossus are, like, sequel and prequel? Or have some relationship to each other? To each other or to this game? To each other. That's yeah. my first question. Yeah, um, Shadow of the Colossus is the prequel to, to Ico, I think. Okay, I think so too. Do you think this is going to be, like, a third and final installment for that series? Quote? I think it'll have a tie to it. I don't know where it'll fit. Yeah, because I, re- I really... And we don't know a lot. And I, th- like I the, think that the the dog is like is related to the Colossi. Yeah, I think so too. That's what I think, like... And I think that, like, that's that sort of, like, storytelling that Team Ico does, where there's, like, not a lot in Ico, and... Well, there's more in Ico than there is in Shadow of the Colossus, but it's, like, very minimal not a lot of spoken dialogue you're just supposed to like pick up on the sort of aesthetics of it and see where they're going um and it doesn't look like the last guardian does that as much based on the stuff that we've seen Mm -hmm. and so i think it's gonna be an interesting new thing for them after that they showed like a really long gameplay demo of horizon zero dawn which looked awesome yeah it continues to look really really fun and I was really, I was kind of bummed when I, they announced that was going to be delayed before E3, and that's coming out next year instead of this year. But like the stuff they showed was really fun. Um, you hacked a fucking bull. Yeah. Which this is this is the Watchdog sequel I needed. <laughs> um, and like that cool harpoon gun, like it looks it looks really fun. And there's not much to say besides that, I guess. What did you think of Detroit? Um, thought it looked kind of boring to be honest yeah i like the other games that they've made but mm-hmm. i didn't understand like the point of the trailer i think yeah um it's interesting they didn't show they didn't show kara who was like who like it looks like it's supposed to be the main character from the last trailer they showed they showed this guy named connor um and I, I think that like the the like acting parts of it, I was really into. I didn't know why they felt like they had to sell me on 
like you can do stuff and different stuff happens if you do stuff differently yeah i mean the first their other games have been like that yeah like i've played heavy rain like i know mm-hmm. i get it um so it was weird that they felt the need to push that but um i think like the change in character in this trailer makes me wonder what's going on with that and if there's development problems happening but i'm still like tentatively excited because i love robots Um, and then they showed Resident Evil 7, and they showed, like, a real spooky trailer, but then they dropped a demo. You played through that last night, right? Yeah. What did you... I, I like how I'm asking, like, I didn't watch on Switch. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what do you think? Okay, so it was nothing like Resident Evil. True. Nothing like any of the Resident Evil games. I don't think it was... I mean, the first games were, like, scary. Mm-hmm. Kind, like, kind of scary, but this was not anything like them i don't think um, i don't think so either it was like pt but not interesting <laughs> that's a really good way of put and it really is obvious how much they're aping on pt because then they showed um they did an interview where the devs of resident evil 7 were like yeah um resident evil is going to be in first person and it is going to be different from other resident evils but this demo isn't representative of the final game like this is like this isn't what the story is about. This isn't the main characters of the story. This is like a totally removed thing, which is sort of what um, Kojima said when PT first came out. That like PT was not necessarily representative of the story of Silent Hills, but rather it was just kind of like a proof of concept of what they were going for. Yeah. Also, PT was um, not even related to Silent Hills when it dropped. Yeah. Yeah, and like they didn't they didn't do like the surprise demo that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, uh like the move to first person could be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um I'm hoping that you can still have a gun and that it's survival horror for sure. I would bet there'll still be a gun. I feel like I read that, but I'm not going to say that I'm sure. Um, I think the inventory system they had reminded me a lot of like Resident Evil 4 and sort of that like adventure game thing yeah like there was a part in the demo where like you found bolt cutters so you cut a bolt so you got a VCR to put in like um, a VCR player that was that you'd seen in the house earlier and so like that whole sequence of events like that sort of puzzle aspect is cool and um, I, I like puzzle games so I'd be into it. Um, I'm just really, really not sure where they're going with this being a Resident Evil game. It really feels like it could have been its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this could have been called something else, and I would be a lot less like critical of it. Yeah, I think I think I agree with that a lot. But I guess um, I don't know. I I I'm surprised that this wasn't like an announcement of like Sony's going to try and make their own horror game to um answer the call like be the first person to make a pt spiritual successor Mm -hmm. i'm surprised that wasn't a new ip instead of resident evil and they announced that psvr is coming out in october and that it's going to have 50 games on its first year yeah um and the reason they, they announced that so like resident evil 7 you can totally play through it in vr 
and they showed off Farpoint, which is like this first-person shooter that takes place on Mars and had Dr. Moon in it. And they showed off uh, Star Wars Battlefront mode that's going to be like flying an X-Wing in VR. Mm-hmm. And then they showed off... Um, they didn't show off. They showed like a little trailer for um, Batman Arkham something VR. Oh, yeah. And they didn't show any gameplay for it, which is weird because... They just had dim- Mark Hamill talking. Yeah, but there's a demo at E3, and, like, people have played it. Wow, that's weird. And it's apparently, um... And this is sort of, like, what I would expect from a Batman VR game, but it's, like, very detective-heavy. Um, and a lot about, like, going into a room, looking around that room, sort of, like, looking for clues, using your detective vision from the Arkham games. Um, and there's, like, the opening scene of it is that, like, you're Bruce Wayne looking in a mirror, and you, like, move his your head, and his head moves with you. And then they showed off um, Final Fantasy XV is going to have a PlayStation VR story where you play as Prompto. <laughs> um, which I'm, I'm like sort of into the idea of that, uh, but I won't be buying VR based off just that. Yeah, it was like a first-person shooter too, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was like you were playing in first-person as Prompto because he's the one with the guns, and so like you did... But you still did his thing where you, like, warped around and shot from the air and stuff, which seems like it'll get real pukey. So can you play the whole game that way? No, it's going to be a story about one of your um, companions that you play through in VR. Okay. I was thinking it would be cool if it, like, turned the game into a co-op game. That would be fun. Where, like, your friend just inhabits Prompto the whole time. Yeah. That'd be... I don't know. I, I think it's interesting how much, like, different stuff is going on with Final Fantasy Fifteen. Like, Square is really, really trying to make sure that, like, they pull you in at some point and, like, keep you invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. Which um, probably means they're going to do, like, what they've done with Thirteen, where they, like, make a few sequels. Uh, I don't know. I'm still excited for that game. But uh, there wasn't a lot good shown for it this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited, but I didn't need to be, like, convinced of anything else. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm watching the freaking prequel anime. They can't get me anymore. Um, and then they showed this space game that they did not tell you was Call of Duty until the end of it. Yeah. But got me more excited for Call of Duty. Yeah. Infinite Warfare than I already was. It was a lot of, like, grappling people (laughs) and then, like, ripping their face mask off yeah and like they had like these anti-gravity grenades you like and there was this cool thing where you like you were in your spaceship and you chose where to go and then you got in like a space fighter jet and flew out and like fought a bunch of other fighter jets and then jumped onto this big spaceship and like fought your way through it and it was very it was just like very now that i'm talking about it like it's very call of duty and it's pacing where like you're constantly doing new stuff but I think it definitely goes against a lot of the complaints I saw about Infinite Warfare where, like, this is Call of Duty in space in, like, the best possible way where, like, this is a space game with, like, that kind of pacing and that kind of set piece and that kind of attention to it. Yeah. Um, And then the CEO of Sony came out and talked about his first Sona for a little bit, and that was weird. <laughs> um, the way that, So they're remastering the main trilogy of Naughty Dog... Uh, Crash Bandicoot games 
yeah the way they announced that is that their keynote speaker <laughs> walked out and they had projected crash bandicoot's shadow under him and it was perfect that was so good and they were playing the the music yeah um, um but then they just showed off skylanders yeah with with a uh, really ugly crash bandicoot with a crash bandicoot plushie you can play as um weird that's the only real announcement they've made about that skylanders game at e3 uh but i don't know i don't i don't play skylanders so i don't feel very invested in it but i know it's like the like toys to game thing is like a really cool new thing that i'm interested in i kind of thought that like spyro and crash were already in skylanders because they're is okay so just crash is new i guess yeah crash is new because it because like skylanders is technically a spyro game like it's in that universe Mm -hmm. um they just took the focus off spyro so they could sell more toys and then kojima came out (laughs) um and kojima came out to like mad max music like walking down a pillar of light and i was crying and i was crying i was screaming he's here and then he he's just back said, <laughs> yeah everyone was screaming in the crowd and then he's like i'm back and i died and it was beautiful and then um he showed us a trailer for his impreg fanfic mm-hmm. um that trailer was interesting and he said so before the sony conference he came out in a shirt that said DS, and people were asking him about his game. And he was like, "Oh, I don't know. It's Dark Souls. It's Dark Souls." He was like, "I don't know if we're going to show it off this year, and um, we really haven't decided on like an engine yet." And then he showed this trailer that was a beach full of dead fish, dead crabs, and dead whales, where naked Norman Reedus was in fetal position with his fetus. A, a baby that he had given birth to and he like had c-section scars from giving birth to it and then he cradled his baby and his baby disappeared and then there were like oily baby handprints all over his body and he was wearing dog tags for some reason and then there were like five people floating up in the sky and it was bizarre and like there's there's no telling what this game could possibly be based off of it and even in interviews after kojima has been like, like oh I don't know. We're still working on, like, choosing a game engine. Like, I don't know what it'll be. But it's called Death Stranding based off of when the unexplained phenomenon where marine biology will, like, go towards the shore and wash up ashore and die. But they, like, go there for some reason. Um, And there's all these theories about, like, because there's, like, mathematical formulas on norman reedus's dog tag so like people think it might be about black holes or like time travel there's this theory that like norman reedus's baby is norman reedus um it's it's amazing and i'm so glad kojima's making a game again because like this kind of stuff doesn't happen and like also that like the metal gear fandom is now everyone now because i remember these kind of conversations happening for every metal gear game since metal gear 2 when like the whole hype around metal gear 2 was like yeah you're gonna play snake again and then they fucking killed snake off or like faked his death actually but like you played as a different guy for the whole fucking game and so ever since then people have been like anything can happen with metal gear we might as well try start trying to find hints on what crazy shit kojima's gonna do yeah i think that since the silent hills announcement there's been like a lot broader 
audience for Hideo Kojima. I'm really glad. Because people who weren't fans of or have never played the Metal Gear games started to really get excited about Silent Hills, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, Silent Hills... Silent Hills getting cancelled is still tragic, but I think, like, the fact that everyone started paying attention to Kojima and then was mad and started paying attention to how awful Konami was was a really good thing that happened. Yeah. Um, And also just that, like, Kojima's been trying to stop making Metal Gear games arguably since, like, 2002. And so it's... It's nice for him to be out from the burden of Konami and Konami being awful, but it's also nice that he, like, gets to make the kind of stuff that he wants now. And it's awesome that the stuff he wants to make is, like, a weird game about his friend being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also said that uh, the trailer was a test for fans to see how much stuff they notice and, like, how... Um, like what kind of reactions people will have to the idea he has (laughs) so literally like sony just like trotted out kojima to like triumphant dubstep and then he just fucked with everyone and left yeah um god i'm so excited i cannot wait to play death stranding if that's at all representative of anything and then after that amazingness, they showed off a Spider-Man game for PS4 developed by Insomniac. That was like, okay. And that's going to be cool. Um, Should have showed that before you brought out my boy Hideo. Daddy yeah. Daddy Kojima. <laughs> and then they just showed off the gameplay demo, right? Yeah, then after that it was Days Gone again. Which again was probably like, we were going to announce the new PS4, but it's not ready so uh uh five minutes of shooting zombies mm-hmm. and so then for the last two days it's been nintendo like on a sound stage talk having people talk about their new games uh which was gonna be just breath of the wild the new zelda game which looks amazing okay wait before we talk about zelda mm-hmm. i need to know where you stand on zelda <laughs> Like, as a whole. Because okay. you, cause you tweeted that you don't like Zelda, right? I don't like Zelda. I don't like Zelda games. Um, I think most of them are boring. I think the 2D ones are better than the 3D ones. I don't like Ocarina of Time at all, and I know that that's a really unpopular opinion. I do like Majora's Mask. Um, but I think that I don't like most Legend of Zelda games. And I watched about 30 minutes of gameplay from Breath of the Wild, and I cannot wait... <laughs> Okay, so what do you like about Breath of the Wild? Um, I like that they're, I like their approach to an open world. Um, and I really think it's best summed up by like the fact that this feels like what Nintendo's really good at is like doing the kind of stuff that's like really really intuitive and easy to learn. That like like the people of Bethesda are never gonna make like a perfect open world game because like all of them have been playing video games all of their life whereas like Nintendo's really good at making video games that are for everyone Mm -hmm. and so um an open world game that is this accessible based off like the way the world map works and the way that equipment works and the way that like the survival stuff works about like cooking like all of that is so simple and easy to understand it's amazing yeah and then um 
there's just all of these cool like open world things that like haven't been in a Zelda game before but are just like cool options that are going to be like just there's going to be so much like emergent gameplay and emergent storytelling from this game there's shield surfing <laughs> like that's amazing um the whole like cutting down trees and that you can like roll the logs at people and or, like the fact you can set fire to fields mm-hmm. the weird superpowers like it's all it's it's so like big and there's so much to do i'm really excited about it yeah there's a lot more than i thought there was going to be and they showed off a lot more than i thought there was going to be um, yeah and i've talked to some people who are like extreme zelda fans who are like hardcore only like ocarina of time type people oh yeah and, e- and even they are excited for this game yeah there's so much there's so much to like about what they're showing i think mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to like rein it in and find the e3 pessimism once you've like seen this game in action i think the one um also like it looks a lot like wind waker and i didn't mention wind waker but i like wind waker a lot i love um, wind waker and so i think that like and like especially wind waker's approach to like what its story was was really cool to me mm-hmm. um and it seems like they're kind of going for that kind of vibe and yeah yeah, yeah yet again they have not shown like any story details though Except for that old man who looks all, who looks suspiciously like the King of Hyrule. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that they kept him there because they were like, we're going to not show off any towns or NPCs to yeah. not spoil the story. That is interesting. I wonder how much of that is just like trying to continue like hype. Mm-hmm. Like people will start doing theories. And um, like Link wakes up in like a cryogenic tube and there's I didn't vo- see that you didn't see that i didn't he, see that he wakes up in like the matrix in like a weird temple um Damn. and then he like can put on clothes or not and then he can leave and go outside oh yeah nude link like the the like weird boxer brief things he has on are like really good yeah um, um and it starts off with with some voice presumably zelda or someone like with voice acting saying like open your eyes so do you think do you think um there's going to be like voice acting and sort of like because they i as i understand like again i'm not a zelda fan but as i understand like skyward sword had a lot more focus on like telling the story of zelda and making it a lot more um accessible for people and like making it so you understood what was actually happening instead of just like a bunch of um temples you had to go to yeah i think that they're going to continue that because they've also announced that like the director said like i think this is a bad way to play the game but you can go straight to the final boss and beat it without doing any story stuff yeah i don't think the story is going to be a a big focus okay otherwise they would have been i think they would have shown it off by now yeah I, I I, i don't think they've ever been like this close to release without showing off like the story yeah it is it's crazy how close to release they are and this is the first that one we just found out the title of the game but also like mm-hmm. we're just now seeing gameplay and also that um we still don't know what the nx is and it's out in march yeah that's that's the weird part is we don't know 
what the NX is. We don't know what Zelda NX is going to be like. And it's like sort of like the stuff that's going on with the Wii U in this game. Like the fact that like Link has like an iPad, which I assume I haven't seen anyone actually playing it. I've only seen like video gameplay. I assume that's like stuff going on on your touchpad when you're playing on the Wii U. But they did announce that you can play the whole game with just the pro controller, just the regular oh. controller. Hmm. And also, there's apparently been, like, frame rate issues with the demo at E3, which don't necessarily mean, like, the game's not finished, so it's probably not done being optimized, but mm-hmm. that does, like, breed worries about, like, is the Wii U version the worst version? Well, undoubtedly. Yeah. I mean, unless some, unless there's just something terribly wrong with the NX. Yeah, unless the NX is, like, the rumors are true and it's, like, a donut with buttons. <laughs> Um, or no buttons it's just a touch screen that's like a circle yeah but it looks it looks really great it looks completely modern for it running on the wii u yeah if the frame rate can be stable then i think this will be like a fine time to play it on the wii u yeah when i think with the art style they have um it'll be really easy to do sort of like texture stuff to kind of like ease up on the technical stuff of it and also like the villains that we've seen aren't like too intricately designed so it's like okay for them to be smoother and not have like as much detail i guess mm-hmm. um i really i just again like i'm just really really excited about like the open world aspects of it and like the crazy stuff that can happen with like oh i broke my sword so i gotta hit this guy and take his sword and like fight <laughs> him with his own sword like all of my baggage with Zelda is pretty much, like, forgiven based off the stuff I've seen. Like, as long as the, the stuff that we're seeing out of the open world, the demo, is, like, representative of the final product, I am so, so excited for this game. Yeah. Um, the, do you have something else? Uh, I was going to move on to Pokemon. Oh, I, I was just going to say that. So they did confirm that there are no gender options yeah which is disappointing did you read like the director's statement on it yeah he said like oh that that wouldn't be true to the vision of link also we thought about if there was going to be like a female protagonist then we would just do zelda but then what would link do yeah then there'd be no place for link it's like uh link can't be up like a damsel in distress for once or something or like be your helpful friend or something also you're gonna make link look this feminine and not give like not to like not to not to get all like gender policy on it because obviously obviously not but um like that joke that's been going around about like we're not gonna make link a girl that wouldn't be true to the vision of link and like the default outfit for Link is pretty girly looking. Like Link wears his hair back now. Like he's Link's not very... taking estrogen. <laughs> like he's taking like he's taking estrogen. Like what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! It's just I I don't I don't understand how they can be so out of touch with what people want, mm-hmm. especially now that I've like I've I've seen the gameplay for this game. Like I know you're playing other games, Nintendo. You can't pretend like you're not. Yeah. Ugh. It's just this. It's a dumb decision. I don't. I don't understand the reasoning for it, and it's very like. 
obviously you just don't want to. Why don't you just say you don't want to? Nintendo also did a little bit about Pokemon Sun and Moon, um, which are also games that are coming out very soon that we don't know a lot about. But <laughs> they showed off um, the Pokemon that are going to be on Route 1, which are like returning... Two. Yeah, they showed off three new Pokemon. They showed oh, off right. a little woodpecker, which is my new best friend. His name's like Picky Pick or something. <laughs> um, they showed off a weasel or a mongoose, excuse me, called Young Goose, who looks like Donald Trump. I love Young Goose, so Young Goose is so good. Like it's such a good design. And then they showed off um, they showed off a grub Pokemon that I'm killing time to look up the name of Grubbin who is adorable and is like a little larva Pokemon with like big jaws. And all of these for like Route 1 designs are really cute. And the way they showed them off was really good. They like showed them off in battles and they showed off these like changes to the battle system where the f- after you fought a Pokemon for the first time, you still don't get like the full Pokedex information, but while you're in battle, you can look at its type and know that like what moves are going to be super effective against it or not. Yeah. And like they've really beefed up like the amount of information you can look about your move set in um while you're like in a fight instead of having to like go through menus to like look at it. And so and I think it's they're doing a lot to like make Pokemon still the same game, but like people can engage in higher level play easier now yeah and i know like some people are complaining that like that's for for children or something and oh god forbid they're they're serious adult gamers so this is a horrible move but like i've been playing pokemon my whole life and i still don't know all the types weaknesses and strengths yeah like if you're the kind of person who doesn't want to or can't like, I don't think I could if I wanted to memorize the whole type chart and, like, how, how everything works in relation to each other. Like, this is just good. This is a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, they also showed off a new mode, a new multiplayer mode called Battle Royale, which is four-player free-for-all Pokemon battles where everyone brings in three Pokemon and it ends when the first person runs out of Pokemon in their party, and then you're ranked based off how many Pokemon you eliminated, how many Pokemon you had left over, and, like, the sort of the number crunching on that, and it looks really fun. Yeah. It was weird that they announced it at E3. I didn't see any demos for it, but I know people played it on the show floor, didn't they? Yeah, um, when they announced it, they showed it off with um, four of the Treehouse members playing it, and they were, but they were only playing with like the starters and then the Pokemon that were revealed today. Mm-hmm. And then Lady, someone had a Ladybug because they showed off that they didn't show off, but Ladybug is gonna be in Route One of the new region, which no one cares about but me. But Ladybug <laughs> is the best bug Pokemon. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> Um, and they also showed off some stuff about Pokemon Go, which was, uh, which was really encouraging. They showed off that, like, there is going to be an augmented reality component to it, where, like, you can take pictures of Pokemon you run into while you're in the real world. And then, um, they announced that Pokemon Go Plus is going to be coming out late next month, 
which means Pokemon Go is coming out really, really soon. Yeah. So, um, in Pokemon Go, can you actually battle, like, other trainers? Yes. Um, they, did, they haven't showed off how it works yet, and it's not the battle system from the Pokemon games proper. Mm-hmm. But there is some way of fighting um, other trainers, and, like, the whole system is about, like, taking over a certain spot on, like, like a, the actual map, like, somewhere in your town, and, like, building that into your gym. <laughs> and then fighting challengers and they can like try and take it over yeah i'm gonna make my apartment a gym that'd be fun but then i'm not gonna let anyone come in <laughs> no one can no one can come near my house <laughs> um but yeah uh pokemon stuff looks promising but we don't see a lot of and that was kind of the trend with nintendo for has it's been the trend with nintendo lately is like they're working on a lot of stuff, and I really want to know more about it, and they're not telling us a lot. Mm-hmm. They showed off a lot of Zelda. They showed off, like, hours of gameplay footage. Yeah, but again, like, they're not showing us any story stuff. They're just showing us, like, the open world. Yeah. Which is still cool. Like, that's what has gotten me so excited for it, but mm-hmm. it's weird. Maybe, maybe in the fall when they do, like, a big NX conference they'll show off like a a trailer with story focus i hope so um i hope that we're gonna get a nintendo direct i hope we're gonna get a nintendo direct soon that's like the stuff they've been working on because like it's weird that nintendo's working on so much and isn't ready to talk about it but like it could just be like they need a couple more months they also showed off a bunch of new amiibo um which I normally wouldn't be that excited about, except Wario and Waluigi are getting amiibos. Mm-hmm. And they're the best. And someone made the joke that if we want a female Link, we have to put up a sign at WrestleMania with a cap of that, like, Waluigi amiibo now sign that was at WrestleMania that last year. Yeah. This year? This year. Um, And they've also recently shown off Monster Hunter Generations, which is a Monster Hunter game. It's a what? It's a Monster Hunter game. Like, I don't... Like, there's not a lot of changes. <laughs> Why did they call it Generations, but not just call it Monster Hunter 5 or whatever? Good question. Is it because I... they don't want to be like, oh, we have three Generations on one handheld? <laughs> Probably, actually. Um, Yeah, because I was about to say, maybe it's because it's for the DS and not like a home console, but 4 was a DS game too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't know a lot about Monster Hunter, but uh, it looks it looked fun for a Monster Hunter game, and they showed it off as like they showed off four player co op and showed off like a new boss, and a new status effect called confusion that messes up your controls. Yeah, I think I'd like to play a Monster Hunter game if I had three friends with Monster Hunter. Yeah, I think I would too, but I think it would be hard to track down two other people, <laughs> and also like the way Nintendo does online can be weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had a problem with online on, like, the Wii U, actually. That's true. I've only ever had problems with online on 3DS, and most of that's just because, like, the way that you have to swap friend codes can be really hard, and so, like, I don't know. I've always I've always been weird about um, online play in Nintendo games just because it seems like it's a lot of work for something that's really easy on other platforms. 
but Mario Kart 8 does it pretty easily, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. And that's about all it was announced. I, I say all, like we haven't talked for almost two hours. <laughs> but that's um about everything that was announced at E3. Um, I think Death Stranding is just going to be... I'm so happy. I'm, I'm excited for Death Stranding and Zelda. Two, yeah. two most exciting things. I'm really excited about both of those as well. Um, I'm also excited about Vampire. I'm also really, really excited about 15, but that wasn't really here. Um, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare actually got me pretty excited. And yeah. I'm surprised about that because I really usually don't like anything about Call of Duty games. Mm-hmm. I liked the way they did it where it was this, just the space game and then at the end it was like Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. And they showed off the Modern Warfare remastered trailer and everybody screamed and I was like, okay, what? Well, whatever. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that one. It was really short. Like, it was like a line from Captain Pierce. I think that's his name. Price? Captain Price? The beard guy? Um, and then they showed like a bunch of clips from the campaign that were like really, really short, like second long clips. And then it was like Modern Warfare remastered. Which... Um, unless they've changed their minds about that, like that's still only if you buy the special edition of Infinite Warfare, which is stupid. Yeah, why don't they sell it separately? Yeah, I don't understand. I feel like, I feel like you'd want to because you'd make more money. It only comes with the special edition. Yeah, you have to you have to pay. Um, I think it's like eighty bucks, and then it's Infinite Warfare, and Modern Warfare, and then like something else. But like people are mad about that because they don't want to buy Infinite Warfare because people have been saying it looks bad. Yeah, that's a lot to spend on two Call of Duty games, and I'm not even, like, a Call of Duty fan. Yeah. I'm just, like, mildly interested in these games. Yeah, and, you know, um, Infinite Warfare looks different enough that I'm... And I haven't played a Call of Duty game since Modern Warfare 2, so I'm gonna feel okay about putting $60 down on it, I feel like. But, um... And this is sort of, like, a wider industry thing, so maybe we don't have time to talk about it, but I feel like... As yearly releases go, there are ones that are like very, very similar each time, and it feels weird to pay sixty dollars for one each time. I feel that way about Assassin's Creed mostly. Yeah, when Assassin's it was in Creed. That, when it was in that rut where it was like no new gameplay stuff, just a new sandbox. Between, I think it was the time period between like two and three. Um, it really felt weird that those games were sixty dollars each time. Yeah, because they put out like Brotherhood and Revolutions. Mm-hmm. And maybe i'm like, wrong because they're like the those. same characters and everything yeah like same character model same general weapons with maybe a couple extra and then like a new sandbox um i don't know though. that's like a that seems like a larger discussion i was also um i got really excited about they announced that they're going to be adding single player to doom's snap map system and i mostly got excited about that because like um snap map sort of represents this thing that original doom had and i say this thing it's just like doom was really easy to mod and so snap map seems like it's trying to be like encouraging people into getting into making video games by giving them really easy to use tools Mm -hmm. and i think um adding single player campaigns to that kind of idea is gonna be good because i think that that sort of um encourages more people to like start looking into building more doom levels and also will give that game a lot of longevity because the single player is what people liked about it yeah definitely the single player looks really cool 
the demo was fun i haven't played it yet i it's 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 fun it is pretty short though i'll say okay do we miss anything mm. don't think so okay i think that's the whole episode then we just talked for like an hour and 45 <laughs> <laughs> um so that was the second episode of safe space gaming uh subscribe and review us on itunes and evangelize us to your friends yes please please um uh check us out on twitter at ss gaming with a y or check me out on twitter at baby bird incorporated and i'm titan odd on twitter and yeah um we don't really have a sign off so i'm just gonna awkwardly say thanks for listening yep thanks for listening bye